We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. We uh, are going back to the well for a episode, a recurring episode we have not done in quite some time. We really haven't needed to do it in quite some time. And and I think today is uh, one of those to do it. It is a uh, little breaking news today, and uh, we will get to it here momentarily. There is another brewery closing. And it dun, is dun, a, dun. And it is a big name. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so we'll be doing that. We're going to just do a quick, it's kind of like a quick hit, but we're going to include the in the brews in it. I have the beer of the week in front of me, so we'll get to that pretty quickly. Um, you can find us all over the place. We are on Instagram, Instagram.com slash beers on us. That's where you can follow us there. Uh, social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick's at P 085 separate account on Insta. Our podcast can be found Apple podcast, Google play radio.com stitcher, Omni 1080, the com, And, uh, yeah. So that's subs- us. subscribe, rate, review wherever you find us, and it helps us out. And if you haven't listened to any episodes yet, just download them anyway, because downloads help too. Hey, you guys have been really great to us. Um, I was a couple weeks ago. I didn't mention this, but there was a guy. Gosh, and I feel so bad. I wasn't. I'm not sure who is who he was. His name was Zane something, and he was at. Uh, Breakside Slab Town. He's a big like TV guy with beer and drinking. And <clears throat> I just I don't have TV because I'm broke, so I don't know anything about this dude. But we I had a I met a guy who's a brewer at Heavy Metal Brewing up in Vancouver, and uh, he was a very nice gentleman. And he was very excited to meet this you know celebrity, and he ordered a beer from me, <clears throat> and he's I said you know what can I get you? And he said I'll have a What Rough Beast, or he said I'll have Gold Medal. And I was like, ah, what rough beast coming up? I set the beer down in front of me. He goes, wow, I just got served a hazy beer from a guy who doesn't like hazy beers. And I was like, excuse me? Do you know me? And he was like, the voice. And I was like, ah. Uh, thanks for I'm sorry I don't remember your name. Uh, it was been a while. It was a couple weeks ago, and I have just been unbelievably busy. Uh, but a shout out to Heavy Metal Brewing. Thank you for listening. Uh, we might have to go up there sometime and, and drink some beers. Look, there's a lot of places we have to go. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> we both have been quite busy recently. Uh, football season for me is a bit hellish, mm-hmm. and uh, for you, the the whole job transition has been uh, quite a thing, from what I can tell. Yeah, but stay tuned. I just got finished today working on a project that will launch November fifteenth. We've done this in the past. This year, we are getting trying to go a little bit bigger. And Mike, this kind of thing is right up your alley. Uh, you you've already teased me on it, <laughs> and uh, I know it's before Thanksgiving, and there's a couple of weekends I'm going to be away, but I'm going to try my my damnedest to get to this event in some way, shape, or form. So I'll give you guys more info on that when we get closer. Yes, when it is uh, more releasable than it is today. Um, Weekend Beer will start quickly. Uh, I took a picture, and I probably should have posted this on Instagram, but I wasn't thinking in social media mind, and I sent it to Patrick. It was a picture. I went to Albertsons. My wife's been out of town basically every weekend for the last like three weeks, and it's continuing this weekend. So I'm doing all the shopping, the food shopping. I'm getting her food and stuff when she gets back. And... I walk around the corner to the beer aisle because I was basically out of beer, and I was like, "Oh, you know, what am I going to get?" You know, I've had all this. This choice for me has been made many times. I know what's here. I kind of know what I'm leaning towards. Like I, I know the limited options. I walk around the corner, 
and everything's different in the beer section at Albertsons. And I'm going, okay, maybe this is still bad, right? Like it was just, I saw cans, which I don't normally see as many cans there. Okay. You see the boxes of the bottles and the six packs and Mm -hmm. it was just like three straight coolers of regular cans. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess I could just be like Coors Light. And Mm -hmm. and I, I got closer and I was like, oh, I see Crux. I see Migration. I see Bell Breaker. I, I'm like, these are not beers that have ever been here before. <laughs> Yay! And then I walked down and I saw <clears> the <throat> options that I was used to. And I was like, so they still, okay, it's like, if I want like it to shoot big box, like I can still get that. And I was like, I have, I have options. I can buy things at my local grocery store. And uh, I wound up buying a straight out of Portland six pack and, or a sixer of cans. Yeah. And I got a bail breaker IPA, which I hadn't had before, which was uh, quite delicious as well. A top cutter. I top believe cutter. It's that's an OG from bail breaker. That's, uh, that's awesome. So I was very happy. So either regionally or nationally or locally at my own Albertsons, you have changed your choices on your beer options. Bravo. I very much appreciate it. We salute you. And then the other thing uh, was I went to the shoots for the first time in a while this week. My wife was mm-hmm. working late. And as I said, she's traveling. So I was like, let's do something together because you haven't yeah. been around. Uh, and I was like, we haven't been to the shoots in a while. Let's go back. And uh, we went back. And lo and behold, my first ever connection in beer, the the person who was the first server who remembered us and was nice to us. And, you know, because we were regulars at the shoots for a long time because we lived downtown. Zach is his name. He was still there, and I thought he had left because we had gone a couple of times, and he wasn't there, and the front desk person didn't know who he was, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe he left, right? It had been a couple of years. He was still there, so it was great to see Zach. I got a Jubal on tap. It had just gotten on tap, which was delicious. I had a Bachelor Bitter on tap, which was also quite good. Old school. Old school to shoot spear. Very good. And, uh, you know, had obviously their food is amazing there. It always has been, so I had a delicious burger. Uh, Very nice to go back to Deschutes, and it was kind of like we talked about it might have been in the last in the bruise or two in the bruise ago. Don't forget the places you still love, but you wanted to change it up because you wanted to try new places. Yeah. And it reminded me, we got to go back to Deschutes more because they're still cranking out great beer. They mm-hmm. still have good food, and it's a great place to get a beer. It doesn't It doesn't shock me that he's still there. I mean, they're employee-owned. They have benefits. <clears throat> they take such great care of their employees and... From from what I heard, I've I've never worked there. I don't really know many people that have worked there. He's he. That's what I said to him. I was like, you, I mean, Deschutes takes care of you. He goes, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and you know, a lot of us, a lot of us that work in this industry, that work for successful breweries that don't have the reputation or the longevity that someone like Deschutes has, we are treated well by our breweries, by our employer, because you guys set the standard. Like Deschutes was like, we're going to give our people benefits. We're going to let our people be employee owned. We're going to reward you for sticking around. And that's something rad. And we all owe uh, the people at Deschutes so much for that. So don't forget about the original places that you liked. If there's still a place that interests you and you want to go back and you just said, oh, we've been there a hundred times. Let's go try somewhere new. Go back to that place because it'll, it'll rekindle a love for you. As as I kind of got this last Tuesday, I, I very much enjoyed having the Jubilee on tap because I've had Jubilee in bottles every year, but mm-hmm. it's better on tap. And uh, it was nice to go back there. What a great spot. Good spot. I'll do it myself. Uh, my weekend beer, I went up to Pullman for the weekend with uh, with the old ragtag crew to check out. Uh, it was homecoming at Washington State University also lovingly known as Wazoo. And uh, so Wazoo played Colorado. It was pouring rain the entire weekend, um, which was not very fun. So the last two times you've gone back, you got snowed on completely and then rained on completely. So we've seen it all. I would take the snow over the rain, actually. Um, The rain was 
Uh, Pure soaked to the bone. It just never stopped. (laughs) But I was able, one thing that was cool, I didn't, I was, I ended up spending most of my weekend with uh, the friends that I went up with. But so I didn't get to see a lot of my friends that live in town. However, two of my really good friends are re they they bought and are reopening this bar that had been closed that was kind of off campus, but it was the only thing and you never understood why it didn't work. Then you realized that maybe previous ownership and management wasn't very good. And these guys are like two of my two of my five closest beer guys in town. I always bring them beer and stuff. And so it was fun to just kind of talk and BS with them a little bit about what the Pullman scene is like and what they're seeing in terms of like hard seltzer moving in, which could be a fun topic for us to speak about, you know, in a couple podcasts from now. Uh, but then I went to the Coog, which, you know, one of them is Bob Katie, who I was talking to. He's the owner of the Coog. And I walked in there and he was like, well, you got to go down, man. I was like, yeah, he was like, how's the beer list? He's like, beer list is great. I, we pulled your mug. You're ready to go. I'll just let you see what's down there. And I got down there and I drank. Fresh hop citrus liquor from wait, Bale wait, Breaker. Wait. We pulled your mug. Yeah, they. Oh, so I have a mug. I'm part of the mug club. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and so I get like two dollar and fifty cent craft beer pints. Oh, very and nice. they, is it like a yearly fee or something? Or uh, no, it's a one time membership fee. That's cool. And I got it for free because my band used to play there. <laughs> and I remember a few years ago. I know this is way off topic. A few years ago, I was like. Yeah, Bob, thanks so much, man. Like, you gave us these mugs for free. Like, that's really rad. And he goes, do you know how little I was paying you and how much money I made off your band playing in my place? It was easy. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, gee, thanks, Bob. (laughs) Yeah, so I got down to the Coog and, you know, and and got my mug. And they were super busy because it's homecoming weekend, so it's a lot of alumni. But I drank Bailbreaker Citrus Liquor, which we had on this show, which was still tasting phenomenal. (laughs) And I didn't see it anywhere in town. Maybe it was in town and I missed it, or maybe they didn't make a lot of it. So it stayed Seattle. The Coog tends to be a very Seattle-heavy brewery. Or Washington-heavy brewery, which totally makes sense. Uh, I drank about five pints of Fresh Hop Bodhisattva. Ooh, which I was quite, quite, quite happy with. Uh, and so and so that was that. And so that's fun. And it's always great in my mug. It's nostalgia. That That is the place that taught me how to drink craft beer. That's where I drank Manny's Pale Ale forever. Uh, and now I go back and they almost always have Bodie or Johnny Utah on. And again, that's isn't that the whole part of homecoming? It's like the Boneyard RPM for all of our exactly. pubs. It's the Bodhisattva and those ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, it, it's that great... You go back to homecoming because you remember, you know, this is where I live. This is where I went to college. This is where, you know, I met my best friends in the world. And this, this is where is I got where, way too drunk. Where, and... where we became family. This is where I learned how to talk to girls and then somehow forgot how to talk to girls. <laughs> uh, and then somehow found out how to talk to girls again. I don't know. Uh, that uh, to be able to have a Manny's Pale Ale. Girls, and a, girls, <laughs> girls. And a, and a fresh hop Bodhisattva and things like that. It, it was it was really fun. And then I'm sitting at a table with like my best friends in the world. And we're all decked out in Coug gears and we blew Colorado out. So. Go Cougs. Perfect. Yeah. It was a good week. Not a repeat of the UCLA game. Very no. important. The rest of the week is literally me living at Breakside. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. I'm going to the Milwaukee location after we record this, and that'll be the third location of the day for me. Yeah, and then yesterday you also had to come into work and then go back to work like three different times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was going to go back tonight after, but I just, I, I'm going to run to Milwaukee and call it a day. Okay. Hey. I understand. Yeah, tomorrow's There's, my day off, and I got to go in for a couple hours. So. It's it's busy. It's it's busy <laughs> times for one P Harris, and that's okay. That's okay. It's go, it's mostly self inflicted. Go say hi to him at at Slab Town and make him feel like a celebrity again, because uh, clearly that was a nice surprise. <laughs> you should have seen what my staff said. This 
this guy, again, I'm so sorry, I can't remember your name, but he was such a nice guy, and he was so pumped to be there, and he was enjoying the beers. He shook my hand like 30 times on the way out. Just a really nice guy. And I had done something and walked away, and my bartender told me this story, and he said, wow, I'm, I can't believe I got to meet this guy Zane and Patrick Harris on the same night. <laughs> and my bartender just like turns and just is like holding everything back to not die of laughing. He told me the story and I thought he was going to piss his pants. Because <laughs> he was like, that guy? Like, nobody cares about that guy. <laughs> so you made you made a man feel very, very special. And for that, I I, I, I appreciate that greatly. Thank you for listening. Uh, nameless man who we forgot your name. <laughs> I'm going to track this down, I promise. Um, and we appreciate all of you for listening. And we, we do see on social media, whether it's our Instagram DMs or on Twitter or on whatever, uh, the, the stuff that you send us uh, not always necessarily responded to you, but we give likes to the pictures and stuff. I, I, I look at every single thing you guys send of what you're doing. Uh, just it's cool to kind of see. So I appreciate it. And keep sending that stuff to us, your weekend beer, what you're drinking. Uh, someone sent to me a uh, a Block 15 bourbon pumpkin Ooh. that I went like, yes, yes. but it, it's only in Corvallis. So I mean, I'm not going to get that. But um, I did today buy the Dark Matter Porter from... Uh, Block 15, which I'd seen shared on social media to me, and I'm going to try it this weekend, which I'm very excited about. Oh, one thing I will say, since we have, since we did Chaco Vesa as a beer of the week, I have had it three times since, including mm. I had some last night. Nice. Mm-hmm. I uh, I had it once. I got and a twenty the night before. I got a twenty two of it at New Seasons, which I told you See, about. See, I got to find that because I have like last year's can, and I think the year before can, but I have twelve ounce bottles from the years before. I want the twenty two. Go to New Seasons. Okay, I'll go to New Seasons. It's, it's right next to your work. I, and I oh, that is true. It's literally next door. We share yes. the building. Yes. I was like, there's one not too far from my house. And you were like, uh, <laughs> or next door to that place you spend more time at than your house. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. You can Duly just, noted. just go get the 22. I'll, I'll ride it on my hand. That right. is the Patrick Harris way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, keep sending that stuff to us. It's, it's truly enjoyable to see what you guys are drinking. And it's, it's at least for me and I'm sure for Patrick too, it's giving us new beers to think about of what we want to go try when we get a chance to go look for it as well. Um, I also today purchased the chocolate rapture. Big Bad Baptist, because mm. I've had the regular now. I bought the yep. regular standard Big Bad Baptist, and I'm going to try the Chocolate Rapture this weekend as well. Uh, so I got, I got, I went to John's for our beer of the weekend. I was like, you know what? I'm flying solo this weekend. I'm going to get like five more beers for the weekend for myself. <laughs> and I've got a little mini box right now in the car. Um, anyway, so our topic of the day is a very quick but important in the brews, and that is another. We're going to call it. Second tier OG, the second guys in brewery is closing. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, the writing was on the wall a little bit, Mm -hmm. but still surprising to see the full closure of the place. Lompoc Brewing is going bye-bye. They had closed two locations, right? They closed Mm -hmm. the 23rd spot and they closed one. What was it? Like in Hawthorne or something? It was on division, the hedge house where uh, little beast is now. Okay. They had closed those two, and they had one place open, and like they had a, a small secondary place that also had Lompoc beer. Yeah, they had, they had Oaks Bottom, which is the the mass production facility, uh, and then the fifth quadrant on Williams, which is probably probably the place I probably the second place I've been the most of the Lompocs because I used to go to that twenty third one all the time, especially when Slabtown first opened. I'd be there all the time, yeah, just because it was like a, a place to drink craft beer and get away. It was a block away. It yeah. was a block away. Yeah. Um, so now the, the Williams location is closing. Mm-hmm. They're keeping the pub or the, the mass production facility is staying open as a restaurant, mm-hmm. but they're not going to have Lompoc beer on tap anymore. Lompoc, once they run out, 
they're done. Yep, and they're going to be under a different name. But it's they're going to and, it, and it, the article I read on Oregon Live, who kind of broke this story today. Uh, actually, I got a side side note on break that story. Uh, sounds like they're going to try to absolve as many employees as they can. So if you work at the bike bar, or sorry, that's Hopworks. If you work at the fifth quadrant on Williams uh, and you want a job and you want to stick with Lompoc, you know, there you go. You got a spot down there. Yeah. It, it, this is a, it's a crazy thing for me. And, you know, I've talked with some people today about it. It's like, oh, Lompoc closes and, you know, and some people are kind of like, well, you know, hey, writing's on the wall, duh, saw that coming, blah, blah, blah. You talked about it on this podcast, Lompoc has like a special place in your heart. Yeah, it's always been a really cool spot, a, a really cool place in my in in my opinion. Um, you know, friend of the show, Dave Fleming, he spent some time at, at Lompoc. A good buddy of mine, Tyler, who's a Cerveza bartender, he spent some time at Lompoc. Um, I remember when C Note came out, that was a, a huge beer for me and my friends. It was like an imperial pale ale. So it was just like a like a double IPA basically that we convinced ourselves uh wasn't a double IPA right. just so we could drink a whole twenty two of it. <laughs> and I just I just remember good times and I think I think it's just one of those I think this is the beginning. You know, we've talked about this. It's it's going to keep happening. And you mentioned the beginning of the show to go to the places you haven't been to in a long time. And this could be part of it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, you're going to draw a lot of similarities from this to, uh, Bridgeport. to Bridgeport in the sense where I don't know how much their beer was evolving. And part of that I kind of liked because sometimes I like drinking an IPA that reminds me of 2008, you know, but the mass public doesn't want that. Right. And we've talked about this before of. You got to find the fine line between doing both. Um, and we can use Deschutes as an example because of the place I just went. Deschutes has, I think Deschutes was falling victim to probably something similar. Because if you went at the beer world was changing and they were sticking by their guns so hardcore, they still have the same beers on, they still had uh, the Mirror Pond and they still had the Vortex IPA and they had mm-hmm. all, all, not the Vortex, the um, Inversion IPA. They had all of those ones still on no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. When I went this Tuesday, Mirror Pond, no longer on the Pub Classics, on a separate section of extra beer. Interesting. Uh, inversion IPA is gone. They have one called Slightly Exaggerated IPA, which is probably the similar formula, but they've changed it to be more modern. Mm-hmm. Um they made, they created Pacific Wonderland Lager, which slid yep. in in place of um, oh I'm going to forget the name of it. There was Mirapon and another one that was based off of a body of water. That was another pa- like a, a, a pale ale. Green or a Lakes, lager. Uh, maybe I can't remember the name. Green of Lake, it. the organic. I don't remember. They, they created Pacific Wonderland Lager. Obviously, Black Bee Porter's still there. Um, Obsidian Stout still was there. Was Dashutes on there? Yes, the it was. Pilsner. That's also slid into a, a classic. Mm. So they've kept some of the OG beers around. Obviously, when you go to the pub, you still see they've got their their unique pub-only beers as well. Yeah. Um, but they've changed. They've adjusted to the market. They only have one or two hazies on. That's not really their thing, but they've right. got a hazy. Uh, and they've changed. They've become. They they threw crispies in there, right? They threw mm-hmm. some crispy beers in there because for if you look if you went two years ago, you would be getting the same beers that you would have had fifteen years ago at Deschutes. Right? right. Maybe slight changes here and there, but in the classic section, I'm talking about that's what it would have been. They saw the writing on the wall. They made the right decision, I think, and they are trying to appeal to both sides now. The people who have been going into shoots forever and the people who are new to town or big into craft beer and want unique new things all the time, they're hitting both angles. Yeah. Uh, Lompoc, for example, you went way more than I did. That's not a place that I ever saw have 
super unique things, right? It was like you went and you knew what you were getting. Yeah, right? yeah. Bridgeport especially was was guilty of this. Definitely that. I mean, Bridgeport, you went and it was the same six beers over and over and over again, and they didn't have a lot of unique beers on generally at all. Um, so they they kind of fell victim to saying we're staying staunch on these beers. This is what got us here. We're not changing. Whereas I think you got to find that perfect little middle ground where you still stick to that because obviously people are going to be pissed that you you take some of those beers away, mm-hmm. but you also add new stuff. Yeah, and I think one thing that that you know is going to be a little tough for Lompoc to run into is, you know, what's what's their core brand? You know, their core brand beer was Proletariat Red. Yep. And I think Red is a tough sell in this town to be your flagship. There are Red drinkers everywhere. But I think a predominant amount of red and amber drinkers don't buy a lot of beer in the stores. They might not drink a lot of beer at home. And if they do, they might drink a lot of Coors Light at home. You know, but it's like, oh, if you go to a brewery, you know, hey, do you have an amber or a red? Yeah, you have that. But in terms of the mass market of selling stuff, I don't know. I don't know if that works, you know, and that and that makes it tough. Not to mention if your IPAs taste, you know, 15 years old, that's a tough one as well. And yeah, the writing's on the wall and it's there. I mean, I mean, that was one that I don't want to say they necessarily spread too thin, but you had three to four locations open in yeah. the city. Yeah. I mean, how much of that is, you know, the costs become too much. You're paying rent in different places. Um, you're paying multiple, way more employees. Right. I mean, does that come back to bite you versus staying maybe in one or maybe two? It was a big enough brewery. You can have multiple locations, but maybe shrinking it down to two. But I mean, they tried that, right? Yeah. And they're still closing. And they're still closing. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's it's so crazy to think. I mean, I guess I guess it's not really crazy to think. I'm just trying to find the silver lining, the the the, the positive of this. But I think the brand awareness and the reason and drive to get people into your pub has to be number one. And once you lose that, I think that's when you get in trouble. Now I'm curious. I'm going to throw this out there and not. You know, it's it, don't take this as negative or anything. It's just a thought. You said the red was their flagship beer. Mm-hmm. What other famous classic brewery has a red as their flagship beer? Oh, my friend, that would be the free range red from Laurel Laurelwood. Wood. Yes. That is my question next is, are they in a similar I mean, situation? Workhorse was there as well. True. But I mean, free range red is their... I, I see that everywhere for Laurel. Right. right. I mean, if you go to like Moda Center or the Timbers game, it's uh-huh. free range red. Uh-huh. Are they going to have a similar issue that Lompoc had? Oh, Michael, you don't know, do you? No. Oh, Ninkasi bought Laurelwood. Oh. Oh, did we talk about this in the podcast? I don't remember if we did, I don't but know it if sounds we did. like we didn't. I don't think so. <laughs> it sounds like we didn't. Laurelwood is going to keep the pub on Sandy, but Ninkasi has all of their production beers. Oh. And, this, and the Westmoreland pub closed. I didn't know that. Yeah. Actually... I did know that, but I forgot. And we did not talk about it on the podcast. I do not think we talked about it on no. the podcast. So that's interesting. So they're still making Laurelwood beers, but Ninkasi's making Laurelwood beers. Correct. Interesting. And making the profits. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's another one, though. That's another example of the flagship beer. Tier 2 is taking a hit. But the flagship beer was a style that no longer is necessarily in demand. Mm-mm. And it's when not. that's the case, that's going to be an issue. It makes me wonder... About you know now New Belgium's huge. They're not. They're not. I'd be surprised if they go anywhere. You're talking fat tire, but I'm Andy. talking fat tire. It makes me wonder. You know how sustainable is that? Mac and Jacks is a huge brewery in the state of Washington, but they don't package. You know you can't you you can't really buy that African amber red. Nope. Or amber that African amber. 
Uh, and if that's your number one, because I've had two-ton IPA and I've had Serengeti wheat and they ain't awesome. Um, maybe that is a thing. Maybe that's a really good point that your flagship, you know, you see what's, you know, what's Freem's flagship? Pilsner and IPA. Yep. What's Boneyard? RPM. RPM IPA. What's Barley Brown? Palajack. Breakside, IPA Wanderlust. Like you've got these places. And I had this conversation with a brewer who lives in lives and works in Vancouver. Um, and I disagreed with this and I actually kind of lost a little bit of respect for this person because I and that's why I'm not naming names right now, that I think it's so, so important to have some form of identity when trying to sell your beer. That somebody has to know that it says, Oh, whoa. What's this Freem export lager? I love their Pilsner, but I guess I'll try this. But if you're a brewery that just continues to pop pop out one-offs, how does anybody know? You know, and I think that's the hazy culture that created that. And so I am curious to see that if there is some correlation to this with what your flagship style of beers are that you're putting out on the market. Now, the only thing that I, again, it's because it's top of mind, but Blackbeard Porter is the flagship of Deschutes. But so is Mirapond. True. Um, and it sounds like they might be trying to slide that Deschutes Pilsner in sure. as a flagship. Sure. They tried it with Pacific Wonderland and then now the Deschutes. Yeah. Like that could be the new ride because the, they've got it. You you have to have more than a porter. And I'm telling you, Maripond was not on the pub classic list. So but they the, might be sliding that out. Right. And that Blackview Porter will always reign in my head as the gold standard of Oregon, of Oregon dark beer is, is Blackview Porter. And I also think the difference from that and a red is that. I mean, knowing this personally as because I am one of them, a dark beer drinker will no matter what choose a dark beer if they're going for that kind of thing. If they want beer. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not no matter what, but that will be an option 1A in their Mm -hmm. head. Um, Whereas you're saying red drinkers, there's probably not a lot of craft beer drinkers whose favorite style is red. Right. That Uh, that bounce around from styles. Right. Now, there are like ambery lagers that people can dig on, you know, like I sell or, or, you know, or like some German ales, like... You know, we we make an alt beer frequently, and when somebody wants an amber or a red, that's the first beer we sell them. And if you're a diehard amber drinker, that's not going to be the beer for you. But the amber drinker isn't that heavily diehard, and so that beer the amber, suffices. The amber drinker drinks craft beer when that's their choice. Like, that's, that's what they're thrown into. If right? I'm a diehard RPM drinker, Mirapond won't cut it for me. Right. It's too malty. Right. Which I think is fine for what Mirapond is. But if you are so pigeonholed in that one style uh, and you don't drink other things, like it, it's tough to sell you on stuff. And I, I think using Deschutes as this example, I think it's something very, you know, uh, methodical and something that they are keeping their nose to the streets and watching all this other stuff because tier two is, is crumbling right now. That that second level, you get past the OGs, and even the OGs are have taken some hits. Bridgeport, Woodmer, and now Tier Two is starting to with Laurelwood and Lompoc, you know, and Nkasi's kind of taken themselves out a little bit of the local game. They're now trying to go mass, so that that second tier is taking a hit. And if you see that second tier take a hit, and you're in the first tier, and you've already seen a couple of your buddies go down, you're starting to think, okay, how do I stay afloat? And I think Deschutes, to your example, is is doing the best they can. Hey, this Pilsner, 19.2 ounce can. Crush it on the river, brah. And we stay alive. Right. Hey, 45-year-old who's been drinking to shoots his whole life. Blackbeer Porter still on tap still and still on in tap. bottles. Still in bottles. Yeah. And it's not going anywhere. You're hitting both sides. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, is there any other flagship reds out there that we're not thinking of? Because it's not a very common flagship mm. to have. 
Um, is there any other brewery that we should be saying, hey, if you're listening, <laughs> well, I watch mean, out. I mean, Double Mountain's big on that IRA, but I don't think Double Mountain's going anywhere. No. They've put all their money into into the IPAs lately, whether it's Hop Lion or you know, their, their seasonals with Cluster and Gypsy and, and Jane and, and those kind of stuff. And, and they've always had their barrel program. IRA feels program, a little different than a red. Because it's hoppy. Yes. Because it touches on other people. Yes. I don't drink reds. I'd slam an IRA right now. Yes. Um, beyond that, I don't really think, I can't really think of any off the top of my head. I mean, the, the New Belgium was a great example. But I think yeah. that's, that's way too big at this point. Where well, I don't that's think, an airport beer at this point. Yeah. You yeah. know, and you can't stop that. No. I mean that's na- national nationally an airport. Beer. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll think I'll noodle on that. Maybe we'll we'll see if we can come up with one. But uh, yeah, I mean that's. Uh, you're, we talked about this, and you said you, you were going to see you're going to see some changes in mm-hmm. in 2019 and 2020, and here's one of them. And here we go. And it's just and I think, you know, like I was like I was saying earlier with a lot of conversation I've had with some people today where it's kind of like, yeah, you saw it coming, blah blah blah. You saw it coming. I know, but if you listen to this podcast, if you've heard us ever talk about beer we can be critical at times but we try to be positive because we love it so even if you know brewery a closes down because they were bad at this or bad at that or couldn't achieve this or didn't evolve whatever the reasons are you still don't want to see it you know competition forces all of us to be better at our jobs whether there's another beer podcast out there or beer blogs out there keep doing them keep making them because when mike and i read your articles and we listen to your podcasts it it just makes us want to be better. Right. And I think when a place like Lompoc closes, it's like it's just it's just another reminder that we're all not invincible. Yep. And there's a lot of people that are gonna lose jobs. And that sucks. In a in a business that like I pay my rent on. Like if people stop drinking beer and people start drinking hard seltzer all day every day, uh oh. Uh oh. Like mama, clear clear the basement out. Like <laughs> baby's coming home, you know. So so I think it's just one of those days, and especially when it's, you know, a place that, that you grew up with and, you know, you love and, you know, there's like some cereal out there that I would never buy again. But when I was a kid, ooh, great example, SpaghettiOs. SpaghettiOs are a terrible thing, and we should not be eating SpaghettiOs in our 30s. But if SpaghettiOs went out of business, Chef Boyardee goes out of business, you're like, oh, man, that's kind of sad. I like those raviolis. Yeah, yeah. yeah that crap food. I yeah. eat that all the time yeah, as a kid. me too. Yeah. I've, and I think it I, it just kind of looks like that to me. All right, let's take a quick break. Coming up next, we have our beer of the week. It is one that is in a beautiful can, really nice can. Beautiful can. And is a brewery that we have not uh, done a ton of on this podcast. Which except is for, funny because they're one of the top five most popular breweries in the state of Oregon. And they're also in that second tier as well that we're talking about. Are they? In, in terms of like one of the... OGs? One of the olders? Yeah. I guess you're right, yeah. I would consider that. Maybe not second, maybe third tier, if you want to say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we're saying tiers, we don't mean in terms of quality. We're just saying when they came into business. Um, it's Obviously, we did their most popular beer twice on this podcast. Oh, okay. Um, the, um, no, no, no. no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this one is a style that I'm not sure if I've ever had, and I saw it on the shelf today and went, Beer of the Week, that's what we're doing. That's next. Beers and Us, Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. The beer that we are going to try today is one that I'm not sure either of us have ever had before in terms of a style. And uh, it is a beer from Fort George Brewing. 
Fort George. It is, uh, I said tier two, tier three. And their, Astoria. And their Astoria. Most, and their most famous beer is, of course, the three-way IPA, which we've done twice now on the podcast, including the experiment on why the three-way IPA last time was uh, different in the in different levels of the can, which is, is that very their most favorite famous beer? I was assuming. I was um, guessing. Rhetorical. I don't know. I'm asking. I was guessing. It's their most pubbed beer, right? It could be Vortex, but it's definitely the most popular. It's the most sought after sure. Fort George beer. Sure. Um, we're drinking out of these nice Stiegel glasses from our good friend Shane over at Point Blank. Yeah, when I saw this style of beer, I went, this is maybe the glass I would use out of the ones he gave us? Sure. So the beer that we are drinking today is called Cathedral Tree. It is a barrel fermented pilsner. And I don't think I've ever had a barrel fermented pilsner before. I think I've seen one, but was like, that don't make sense. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it might not make sense, but guess what? It's in the glass in front of you and you're going to try it. Um, The can on this is spectacular. uh, Fort George is actually beautiful. Fort George's artwork generally is amazing on their cans. But this, for all you metal fans out there, this is a Mastodon song in a beer can artwork. This looks like. This looks like Crack the Sky, the album Crack the Sky, for those of you who listen to Mastodon out there. Mike Hunsaker, if you're listening, you know that album. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't really know what to expect. I mean, barrel fermented, I mean, you're going to get a little stankiness in there, right? Maybe a little, like, if it since it's a light beer, maybe you're going to get some kind of, like, grapey, fruity notes to it. It's 4.8%, and I'm reading, I'm just going to read this verbatim off their website. Cathedral Tree is a beer that pays reverence to the timeless lager-style pilsners, fermented entirely in 500-liter oak puncheons to incorporate old-world methodology and provide a mellow tannic structure that lends a full mouthfeel and support for classic German noble and modern hops. Finishes crisp, clean, and refreshing as any pilsner should. Look for the cathedral, 16-ounce cans, and just like the actual cathedral tree, this one is staying firmly planted at the coast. Uh, yeah, so apparently, you're going to like this beer. Apparently, um, this when I went to John, he goes, oh, you're going to try it. I was like, what am I trying? Because I had six beers, and he was like, it's this one, cathedral. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. He goes, they never can it. It's only ever been at the at the brewery. And um, I was like, cool, well, great. That makes it even more unique for the podcast. First sip, not at all what I was expecting. Based on what you were reading, the description, it makes a lot more sense. Um, I was expecting, when you get these these barrel-aged light beers, there tends to be a lot of like Pinot Gris, like grape, kind of whiny mm-hmm. flavor that goes into it. Uh, and it's almost like sours a little bit. Right. These must be neutral oak barrels. They must be. Because this is honestly just a... I mean, maybe I wouldn't have said this before you read that, but it tastes like a really, really mm. classic Pilsner. Like there's a, there's a flavor, like there's almost like a, I almost obviously get the barrel in it. Mm. Like I t- it's a good Pilsner. It's a solid Pilsner. But then at the end I'm sitting there and I'm, I haven't taken a second sip and I'm like, I taste the oak barrel mm-hmm. in the back of my, in the back of my palate. That's kind of interesting. Because I feel like sometimes the beer will, you'll get the the effects of it, but it might dominate that flavor because the beer is so flavorful. The body on this is so full. Yeah. And I think I think that's a lot of the barrel talking. Um, I, I get some of the noble hops, and this is probably the West Coast kid in me that just wants a little more hop character to it. But I love where this body is. I mean, this body is too big for a normal Pilsner, for, yeah. in my opinion. Well, that's why but, it's not a normal Pilsner. Yeah, but that's that's, I think, what it's going for. I like this beer. I would continue to drink this beer. I can't tell you how many times I would have a barrel fermented beer repeatedly, but it's only 4.8%. Yeah. 
Well, so I, I think this beer is pretty cool. Well, that's for, why for, when, I, when I tasted it, I went, I think Patrick's going to like this because he's been liking Pilsners a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And this gives a lot of that Pilsner body, but it's different. Right. It's really different. It's it's unlike anything I've really had. And and kind of you you were you kind of stepped on it there for a second that I don't I don't drink a lot of this style, but I have a little bit more lately. So it's been a lot more fun to kind of see all the different realms of Pilsner you can go to. I have no idea if this beer is flawed or not. Like, I have no idea. No idea. Because we don't see barrel-aged pilsners often. Yeah, I'm just not familiar with the style. But what I can tell you is that I like where the body is. It it doesn't taste disgusting. <laughs> and um and and it finishes just fine. Um, I, I I want a little more hop character. It's a little stanky and this a little skunky in the sense of of like how a lot of you know kind of Eastern European stuff can be. But slightly, and I isn't don't, that think, kind I don't of, think that's a bad thing. Isn't that kind of what they're going for? Then, I if think they're going so. old world old kind world, of beer, yeah. I gotta say, the body on this is fantastic. It is so rich and dense. Like you, you smell it and you go, "Oh, okay, it smells like a pilsner." And you get right into the sip, and it's like it, it almost feels like a wave in the ocean is hitting you. It's so strong. I know that mm-hmm. maybe that sounds stupid, but um, it's the way it feels. Because like you'll drink a beer. And it, you know, you're drinking a liquid, right? And right. you know what it feels like, and you and you know what's happening. This doesn't feel the same when it hits your palate. It feels foamy. It feels really rich. Mm-hmm. And for this type of a beer, you don't normally get that. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah, does well it, done. Does that make sense? To no, you? it makes total sense. I'm gonna be. Uh, I feel like saying "wave" in your mouth makes no sense. But. <laughs> no, beer is a form of art. You can use art to describe beer. Hell yeah. Uh, me, me and the lady will be at, uh, will be in Astoria, not this weekend, next weekend. And I will, we will most likely go to Fort George. So I'll report back. Okay, cool. Do you know the news from them? They are, they just bought an old canning facility on the waterfront and they're going to renovate it and turn it into a mass production canning facility. Oh. And expand. I wish they were moving the restaurant there because I like being on the water, but uh, I understand they're in the classic Fort George building, which is mm-hmm. what they're named after, so mm-hmm. I understand. Um, and but, I'm all about that level tap room. What up? The little one on the side? Oh, yeah, the secondary mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can still see the water from That's their original place. That's where you get all place. the weird, crazy good good. <laughs> uh, and if you go up to their secondary restaurant on the top, which has the pizza, the which pizza I joint. also think is interesting that you have two different restaurants in the same place. <laughs> I know, right? Um, you can see the water. I just I love Bowie and how close it is to the water, so... If they make seats in their new place, that'd be pretty cool, too. I'm sure they will. That'd be silly not to. Just have a little tap room. Maybe not food. but You put said a food... mass production. So. Well, yeah, but put a little food cart outside or something. Hmm. Why not? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, there's our beer of the week. It is the Fort George Cathedral Tree Barrel Fermented Pilsner. Very interesting Pilsner. If you're a fan of Pilsners, give it a try because, well, it's super interesting. Uh, if you're not a fan of Pilsners, give it a try because maybe it'll change your mind on Pilsners. I don't know. Uh, this beer on the bottom says it was packaged October 7th, 2019. Uh, and then there's a little line here that says, where squirrels worship. Where squirrels worship. Yeah, cathedral tree. <laughs> All right. I mean, does October matter to you at this point? I mean, we're in October, so three weeks. Three oh, weeks. no, no, no. The okay. date's fine. I was more laughing at where squirrels where squirrels worship at the cathedral tree. Cathedral tree. They must drop a lot of nuts. Bam. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Whoa. I didn't know where else to drop it. That kind of felt felt appropriate there. Uh, All right, so that's our beer of the week. Coming up next week, uh, we have not yet planned anything. Um, We are hoping to continue our distribution series, but it's been a little bit of an adventure getting times to 
mix and match between the two of us as well as the potential guests. Um, we haven't really done a style truly in a while. Uh, I guess the Fresh Hop episodes kind of count as that, but we didn't really introduce a style. We also haven't gone on location in a while, so mm, we got to try to figure true. that out we as well. We haven't done that in a while. Uh, so we should try to figure out another place to do a, a takeover. Uh, maybe we could do the Oregon City one, which we've been teasing for half a year and still haven't done. What uh, up? We still like you. Uh, we still like to do that. That sounds like a blast. But uh, anyway, so something will be coming up next week. We promise. Apologies for this being a day late, but again, schedules are what they are. And uh, we will see you next week. Don't forget to find us Instagram.com slash beers on us. And wherever you find us, sub, rate, review, and download. Thank you. Traces. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.